This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. this morning. Come on, how many, how many sense that the presence of the Lord is in this place this morning? Praise God. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to hasten to get into the word this morning, but I, I must be honest that uh, the half has not been told about Plantation, Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, standing in this place, in this worship experience this morning. It is not often, and I want you to hear me when I say this, sadly, this is the sad truth, it is not often that the presence of God meets with God's people in the way that he met with us since we have been here this morning. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying we need to feel privileged that God visited us already this morning. (laughs) Do, do Do you realize in the Word of God, in the Old Testament, that you could not even get into the presence of God. And there was only one person that could go in, and that once a year. And even when he went in, he had to go in with such carefulness, lest he be destroyed. Elder, God has privileged us to walk in and out of his Shekinah presence right now, and we're not as careful as the priests were. We've brought sin in here, amen. We've got issues we've brought in here. We've got struggles we've brought in here. And instead of his presence killing us, his presence is able to heal us. Would you say amen? I don't know about you, but the longer I've been in the church, the more excited I get about the grace of God and his mercy that is everlasting. Great is the Lord's faithfulness. Are you glad to be here this morning, brothers and sisters? I don't want to waste a lot of time with a lot of preliminary remarks. I want to get into the Word. Is that all right? I felt, I felt, like, a, I felt like a track star uh, waiting for the gun to go off. You know, I was like a horse in the stall. Let, let me loose. There is a word from the Lord. Would you all join me in the book of Genesis? I want to go to the book of Genesis, the 37th chapter. Genesis chapter 37. And uh, you know, at my church in Cleveland, we have two services. And I want you to know my favorite service is always first service. And it's always the 930. This is a nine o'clock. The nine nine o'clock service is a different energy in here. (laughs) And I feel that in here this morning. I want to give a shout out and say words of honor and appreciation to your pastor, to the men's ministry leaders here at this church. Let's put our hands together for a powerful weekend. And I want to encourage every man, you need to meet me here at 6 o'clock this evening. Every man, you need to meet me here at 6 o'clock this evening. And we'll talk more about why that will be necessary throughout this message. Genesis 37. And let's look at... Let's look at uh, a few highlighted verses here. I have not prepared the media team, so be patient with them. I'm not even sure if it will even be on the screen. And so they will be flowing with me. But if not, most of you now, you should at least have a few of the following things. You have a Bible. 
Amen? Now, more than likely, you probably didn't even bring it. But that's okay because you have some kind of device that not only has a Bible on it, but it has a multitudinous of versions of the Bible. Come on, say amen. Now, how many can say that you're in one of those categories? You either got a Bible or you got a smartphone. Okay, all right. So whether we have the screen or not, we will be all together. I'm going to be looking at Genesis 37 from the New Living Translation. And I'm going to begin at verse 3, and I'm going to hop around. So I need you all to be uh, 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 adroit, flexible as we hop around. Is that all right? And then I want you to get ready. Just put a pin in Psalms 105. I'm going to come back to that in a later part of my message, but it's critical that you have these texts because the reason why you need to have these texts is because I'm going to share something today that literally blew my mind about the Word of God. I will not say this is new light. I'm not saying that this is some new theological construct that I came up with. But there is a revelation coming today that many of you probably have never considered before. And I want you to be open to it because it will challenge what you have previously thought about your life. Are you ready? Come on now. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. Genesis 37 and verse 3. New Living Translation. The Bible says, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. If you have favorites uh, as parents, uh, don't say amen, but uh, just tap your foot two times on the ground. Amen. Verse 4, but his brother, his brothers, listen to this. Don't miss this. Like, highlight this if you're using the Bible app. This is critical. But his brothers did what, everybody? Say it, say it louder. Say it louder. Say it so the online audience can hear you. His brothers did what? They hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They, listen to this, they couldn't say a kind word to him. (laughs) Now, y'all know this is the man of God's house. There's some important people in here. The elder gave us the the prayer this morning. I'm a pastor. We got titles. There is nobody in here that has more cachet and and more status than Jacob. Nobody mentions your name when they pray. In the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But this man has a dysfunctional family the likes of which we only see on reality TV. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Can I get a witness this morning? Verse 5 says, one night Joseph had a dream. It gets worse. He's already the favorite son, and now God complicates the family. Did you hear what I said? God complicates the family situation by giving this favorite son a dream, and he does not have the maturity, he does not have the savvy, 
to know that you should not tell everybody your dreams. He, he, don't, he don't get that. <laughs> and so he blabbermouth starts talking about all this stuff that God is showing him. The Bible says one night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. <laughs> all right, so what did all of this precipitate? Go to verse number 23. Are you still with me? Are you seeing what's happening here? We got a dysfunctional family that's led by a man of God. Didn't know that was possible. Ha. Men of God have problems? Yes, they do. And most of them are the problem. Come on, say amen. And the Bible says that he's doing the best he can to be a parent. He's not a great parent. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you look at his full story, you see that the brother has got, uh, he's got, he's got a few sister wives in the house. <laughs> not of his own accord, but he was tricked into this arrangement. And this is the family by which God desires to build the kingdom. <laughs> and verse 23 says, so when Joseph arrived, the story, the plot thickens. When Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off that beautiful robe <laughs> he was wearing. Verse 24, then they grabbed him, threw him into a cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Verse 25, then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders, listen, 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 taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Verse 26, Judah, his name means praise the Lord, by the way. <laughs> Judah, another man of God, said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? Uh, we'd have to cover up the crime. Instead, verse 27, of hurting him, let's sell him. To the Ishmaelites, should we kill them? Should we sell them? Should we kill them? Should we sell them? Those are not good options for us. <laughs> Let's sell them to the Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. Verse 28, so when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled, out, pulled him out of the cistern, listen you guys, and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. The title of our message today is, It Is Necessary. Let's pray. Father, help us today to understand especially this truth that I want to share by the power of your Holy Spirit is my prayer in Christ's name. And everyone said amen, amen. and amen. So I have a Jamaican father-in-law. I am not Caribbean at all, and so this was a culture shock for me. He lives, he lives with us, and, 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 and lately he has had health challenges, which means that I am officially his Uber driver. Now I'm new school, I'm new school. Uh, new school in this sense that uh, I did use MapQuest back in the day. Does anybody remember MapQuest? <laughs> 
Uh, that's when, if you want to get somewhere, you have to get on your computer and you go to mapquest.com and you would put in uh, the destination and then you would print it out. Come on, say amen. And then you would use those directions. I mean, how did we do that? I don't know. To find our way. There was, there was no updates to it. They didn't tell you about traffic. They didn't tell you about cops and police. Anybody remember MapQuest? So I did start out with MapQuest, right? But we've all evolved now, and we've now evolved to where we have, we have devices. Remember Garmin, where you would literally buy the GPS system, and you put it in the dash, and you would get places? Now, my, I can actually remember, Rand McNally, did I say that right? Is that right? Rand, the Rand McNally maps. And, and not just those, the AAA. Is that right? The AAA maps that you can get at the gas stations, service stations, and there are, there, I, I'm sure we do, and we're going to get by a show of hands, how many people here remember the days where there were no computers and you got a map to find your way to a destination? Anybody remember that? Now, what I've had trouble trying to explain to my children is how people used to get to their destinations without all these maps and technology. What you would do is you would call somebody. You would take out a pen, come on, say amen, and, and, and you would say, uh, now how do I get to your house? And if you're from the country, you know this to be true. I mean, there, you rarely even use streets. Well, you go down such and such a street, but then it'd be landmarks. <laughs> if, if you've gone, there'll be a line, something like this. If you go past the red house on the corner, you've gone too far. What they didn't tell you is there's 35 red houses. <laughs> All right, so my Jamaican, my Jamaican father-in-law, he ain't for none of that. He trusts his memory. He himself is his own navigation. But me, on the other hand, I use GPS even when I know where I'm going. Any, 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 anybody? And my, and my personal GPS system app of choice is, let the church say amen. Come on, what is it, y'all? It's Waze. It's Waze. It's Waze. It, it, there, it's not even, it's, there's no competition anymore. And, and I learned something about Waze that's uniquely different than the Maps app on your phone and even from the Google. I think Google bought Waze, but the Google app, for it's just different, doesn't have the same function and features, and it's not set up the same way. But one of the things I love about Waze and the reason why I use it, even to get places I know where I'm going, is because it tells me stuff in real time, potholes, construction. Come on, talk to me, somebody. What else? Traffic? Cops? Huh? Cam uh, uh, what are those things? Red light cameras! Church, say amen. <laughs> yeah, it, it's giving me intel, information in real time. You, as a matter of fact, it's, 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 it's so good that you, whatever the instructions were, and I'll give you a prime example. I know how to get certain places. I know how to get home. But sometimes ways will tell me another way to go home that is totally against 
what my normal routine is for getting home. Now imagine me <laughs> in the car with my Jamaican father-in-law taking him to a doctor's appointment in a city that he has lived in for 40 years. Can you see it? And here I am, I put Waze on. I know how to get to the Cleveland Clinic Hospital. I put, I put, the, I put it in, the GP, and he's trying to figure out what is happening. And, 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 and I'm taking routes that he is unfamiliar with, and he's getting upset. Now, I can't speak patois, but just imagine what he is saying to me and how he's saying it. <laughs> you know, he, it makes no sense to him. But then he sees that we have gotten there at a time that is much faster than normal. He sees on the way back that there was an accident that we avoided. He realizes that maybe there was a cop. And so, and so one of the things that Waze does is Waze is a GPS, don't miss this, it's a GPS system that is not just based on satellite, but it's based on community. There are 100 million Waze users, and can I see your phone for a second? And what they are doing, I didn't realize this, there are other apps that will tell you where traffic is. But, but, but they are giving us game. They are telling us things that are happening because they've already been there. Oh, you, y all, y all, this is a slow, this is a slow church. Are y'all with me? It is based on the trust of those that have already, this is good, that have already been where I'm going. I want to talk today about how God's will works. God's will, hear me, is different and far more amazing than we have ever believed. There was a song, uh, one of my favorite singers, uh, Karen Clark Shears, she sings a song. The safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. I love that song. And, and there was much truth to it. Uh, the adverse idea would be the most dangerous place in the whole wide world is to be outside the will of God. But I want to challenge that today. It is impossible to be outside of God's will. God's will is an ocean, not a swimming pool. The difference is, are, it is not whether we are in his will or out of his will. The question is, is are we participating with his will or are we trying to work against his will? Most theologians are telling you there are three different kinds of the will of God. There's the sovereign will of God, 
the moral will of God, which is his law, his requirements. This is mostly what we focus on. Either we focus so much on behavior that we either, we either are in God's will one day or we're out of God's will the next way. I was good today, so I'm in God's will. I was bad uh, to, uh, today, so I'm out of God's will. And so for many of you, you are in God's will and out of God's will. And I'm telling you, that's not the way God's will works. What ultimately there is, is, is God's sovereign will. His sovereign will basically says this. Listen, I got to get to it quick. Is it already 1030? It is? Now, y'all took y'all's time. God's sovereign will essentially tells us this. Listen, God's will is going to be done no matter what. His will is going to be done in earth as it is in heaven. One of the reasons why when I pray, I don't say, God, let God's will be done, is for me. I'm not saying not to do this, but it's a waste of words. It's going to be done. Can I not ask for something more specific? Sometimes praying that is a cop-out because we are afraid to pray big prayers. We're afraid of getting a no. But I, what I'm trying to tell you is, is the way, the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them which are called according to his purpose. Literally, the Bible says all things work together for good. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called. In other words, God takes all of the mess and stuff he takes all of it. Somebody say all. He takes all of it, all of it, and he uses it for his will to be performed. Listen, he has to. Do you think, imagine us saying to God, if, imagine if God said to us, you have to bring me something to work with. in order to, you know, make my will to be done, in order to get glory. Give me, this is what we think. We think we've got to give God raw materials to work with. God doesn't need nothing in order to bring about his will. All right, so let me, let me, let me show you how this all fits together. Joseph is not a slave that is sent into Egypt because of the hatred of his brothers. Joseph is the prime minister in waiting who is sent into Egypt by God. If we were to jump into Joseph's family, brothers, we would, if we were in the moment, we would look around and say, look at all this mess, this dysfunction, this, 
this, this, this infighting, the jealousy, the, 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 the sister wives, the, the inconsistencies. If we, if we were to look at all of that, we would be discouraged like many of us are as we look at our circumstances and we say to ourselves, where is God? See, we know the end of the story, which is why we don't feel so bad for Joseph. We know the end of the story. But, but y'all, he was sold into slavery by his family. But was he really? Did something bad happen to Joseph? Well, I don't have time today. I don't have time. But if you read, if you read Genesis 15 and 16, a prophecy was sent to Abraham, right, his great-grandfather. And, and, and that prophecy essentially said that I will send your seed into Egypt. Y'all not hearing me. Come on, y'all. Come on. We can end this quickly if you get it. There was already a prophecy that said, I am going to protect your people. I've got to get them out of Canaan to prepare them for Canaan. So what I have to do is I've got to send them to Egypt to protect them and prepare them to go back to Canaan. They're not ready for the promised land. The promised land will eat them up. The promised land will destroy them. Where can they go and flourish? Where can they grow and develop? Where can they go and expand? They've got to go to Egypt. Is there slavery there? Yeah, there's slavery there. But the slavery does not outweigh, nor does it cancel out, that God was using that experience to bring about his plan. <laughs> Woo, this is good to me. I don't know if it's good to you, right? So watch this. Go to Psalms 105. I, I, I'm so excited. I can hardly... Uh, 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 swipe to find the text. <laughs> Psalms 105 says this. Woo, this is good. Let the church say amen. amen. Go to verse 16. There we go. I knew it was on the way. Watch this. The Bible says, the Bible says this. Are you there? Psalms 105 verse 16. Look at this, y'all. Verse 16 says, he called for a famine, the Lord. Thank you. The Lord, our New King James Version, fine, I'll read that. The Bible says, moreover, talking about God, God called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. Go to the next text, verse 17. He sent... Oh, are, 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 you, are you awake? Are you woke? <laughs> are you here? He sent a man before them. What's his name, y'all? Joseph. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. The man of God says, I need to take a drink of water, so I will. He didn't even ask me. He just, you know, he just unscrewed it and said, you're going to drink something right now. Where, where, can I, where can I lay this down? Let me, Now, now my question to you is, is the Bible says that God, listen y'all, I'm almost done, God prophesied that there would be a problem that he would send in Egypt. 
And so for every problem, God sends a solution, and the solution is always a person. So even before Joseph was born, ah, in the mind of God, in his sovereign will, he says, I'm going to send calamity, and I'm going to need somebody to get there. They will not go on their own. Joseph is not going to leave his daddy. He's a spoiled, rotten kid. He is a kid with no experience. He is a kid with no savvy. He is a kid with no street credibility. He's not just going to pick up and go to his destiny. So what does God do? God doesn't just give him a dream because the dream is nebulous. The dream says nothing about Egypt. The dream says nothing about him being prime minister. So how is God going to get Joseph into Egypt? How is God going to get Israel into Egypt? How is God going to set up the affairs and the story of redemption through the crossing of the Red Sea, uh, through Moses? How is God going to bring about his will? He uses the dysfunction of the family. <laughs> oh, are, are, you, are you hearing me? So if I were to ask you straight up, how did Joseph get into Egypt? He got into Egypt because his brothers hated him. Now I want every man to hear me right now. In the church, we have this black and white theology, this right or wrong theology, this it's either here or it's here, and no gray in between, And the problem with that kind of theology is it eliminates the issues of sin, redemption, and God's grace in how he takes his people from where they are, messed up, broken, dysfunctional issues, secrets, addictions, generational curses. How y'all think you're going to get into the kingdom? You think you're going to go willingly? I'm not talking about choice. I'm talking about God arranging circumstances. Circumstances to put you in position for your destiny to come to pass. The word of God says that, go to the next next verse in verse 18. I want you to see this. He sent a man. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was a slave. Now, 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 now look at this, y'all. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. I want you to see this picture. Joseph has got to be in pain. He got issues of rejection, abandonment. The dude is 17 on his way to a slave auction block in a country that he doesn't know language, he's never been to before, and he's not ready. You're talking about your life changing in a day? I gotta say this, this is one of the reasons why we got to be in relationship with God because we just have no control over the affairs of our lives. You wait, we we think everything is promised and everything is going to happen as it happened yesterday. How possible is it that today is okay and tomorrow is hell? And if you were to look at Joseph, your attitude would say, poor Joseph. Look at him. 
Look at this mess he's in. Look at his family. Look at these brothers. Y'all wouldn't make these dudes elders in the church. Y'all wouldn't give them no titles, no ministry responsibilities, because you're too black and white. Things have to be just so for you Adventists. There is no room for failure. There's no room for mistakes. There's no room for dysfunction. The only, you got, we can do secrets, but we can't, we can't keep it real that everybody in here is carrying something that is dysfunctional, that is broken, that is shameful, that is ugly, that we don't want nobody to know about. It's here. And, and I'm done. That's all I got. And the good news is, is God does not bypass it. What God does is God takes ugly stuff and he uses ugly stuff to put us in our destiny. <laughs> I mean, listen, the reason why is because God, before there was ways, there was God. See, God had already stepped ahead and saw Joseph as prime minister, already saw Joseph being the salvation for his family. He did not count it against his brothers, even though they hated a dream that was a dream that was an answer to their prayers. Can you imagine if God held all this stuff against us like we think all the time? And like, oh, okay, my daughter got pregnant or my son is out in the streets, they're out of God's will. Do you realize God can use, God can, um, I, I have an elder in my church who found God in a crack house. He worked for the federal government. He would leave the office and would go to a crack house in Cleveland with his suit on and get high. He said one day, he was in that crack house and they came and came in there to rob the crack house. They were shooting folks. And one person came up to him with a gun and said, what are you doing here? And let him go. His destiny was, was, was activated in a dark place. We want everybody's starting place to be the church, to be in Bible study, to to be without flaw, with no mistakes. I'm telling you, God's will is so big, he's going to save them with with identity issues. He's going to save them with addictions. He's going to find them in, in trap houses and crack houses. He is going to reach you at the bottom of your issues, your discouragement, your self-esteem issues, your anxiety, your pain, your sex addictions. God says, I'll use that to put you where you need me and where you can cry out and say, Lord, save me. Yes. 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 I'm telling you, I did, I've been pastoring Keith for a long time. I never knew that. I didn't know he worked like that. Think about it. How did Joseph get to Egypt? He used pain, dysfunction, the decision of others. 
He thought he was powerless. Somebody made a decision for him. So don't talk to me about generational curses. Do you know that your generational curses are nothing but a setup for God's purpose to be performed in your life? Which is one of the reasons why I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's why I'm totally free to talk about my struggles, talk about where God has brought me, because all of it is a part of my story, and the whole story is being written by God. Now I got to end here. You know what else I love about these GPS systems? Is even when you don't follow them, it will tell you the time will change. It's going to take you a little longer to get there. But have you ever heard your GPS say when you decided, you know what, I ain't going this way? Has your GPS ever shouted back at you, I'm done? Go your own way. You're lost. What does it say? Recalculating. Recalculating. Rerouting. It's a word of encouragement to you. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. All right, you don't want to go this way? That's fine. You'll get there. You'll get there. You will get there. And here's the good news. There are many of you, you look over your lives and you get really discouraged because you say, man, I've wasted a lot of time. I've wasted a lot of opportunities. I have not participated in God's will. And can I give you some encouragement? He will restore even what the locusts have stolen. It is never too late. Thank you, Father. Thank you for grace in my situation that takes in account all of the junk that life has thrown at us, all of the junk that we have contributed, all of the decisions that we have made. God, honestly, my wife and I were just talking the other day. We said, Lord, we have made so many poor decisions. Uh, will you not look past our faults and see our needs? And I heard you say, my son, I will not count against you your faults and your frailties. My grace is bigger than you. And whatever you've done, somebody needs to know today that it's not over. But not only that, it was necessary. You had to go down in chains. You had to be hated. The, the dysfunction was necessary. The abuse, God took all of that into account and said, I'm going to use that to put you exactly where you need to be. Is there anybody who wants to stand right now in God's will and simply say, yes, stand right now. If you want to get in his will, and participate, not fight him, not work against him, not constantly hearing, rerouting, rerouting, recalculating, recalculating, but saying, I'm going to take the directions. Somebody just lift your hands and tell the Lord, yes, right now. That's exactly what you need to say, yes, 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 Lord. Yes, yes. I've been running, but I say yes. I've been Jonah, but I say yes. I say yes. 
And, and many of us are Joseph's right now, and we are discouraged. We look at our circumstances, and we're saying, this doesn't make any sense. Can I, can I give you a word right now? You are right where God has you. And he has not taken his hands off you. You feel like you're in chains, yes. You feel like a slave, yes. But you don't realize that you are going from the pit to the palace. <laughs> Come on and give God praise right now. If you believe that he is going to do what he said he's going to do. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I were you, I would come to second service and get part two. I'm not preaching this one again. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.